And we are back on the Draft Lounge. I am your host of this podcast, AJ Desai. You can follow me on Twitter, AJ Desai4. I have a new co-host in the house with us, uh, Jeremy Layton. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Layton with the zero. How's it going, Jeremy? But before I ask you um, stuff about the first round and betting and all the props that you may have won last night, um, are you tired of your um, your high-speed internet giving you issues? Yes, I am. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm reading my Comcast bill, and I'm like, damn, this was high. And I reached out to one, one call technology to see if they can help me out. They took my bill down, ran some numbers, and boom, they saved me 20%. And we were able to upgrade my, my internet speed, too. So, um, you know, Jeremy, if you want, you can head over to one call one call's website at onecalltech.com, or you can give them a call at 1-888-585-8850. Or if you have a buddy, um, tell them the draft lounge site, and they, they can set you up with a pretty good discount. So pretty cool there. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So uh, yesterday we had a pretty good first round draft. Obviously, a lot of teams are happy out there. So Jeremy, start us off. What did you think of this first round? Obviously, as a bunch of people that I know that are Bears fans, obviously are really, really happy. But start off, start us off from the top. What do you got? So honestly, last night was one of the most fun drafts I can remember watching. And I, I've i like, I think every year I kind of get myself hyped up for it. And I realized it's like a little bit more boring than I want it to be because a lot of there's like a lot of chalk. And there was a lot of chalk at the beginning of this draft, but it got crazy. There were a lot of trades. Obviously, I'm a huge Bears fan. And the Justin Fields trade was like, I tweeted that it was the happiest the Bears have ever made me. I'm not sure if that's true, but it's definitely up there. Um, I've obviously been a big Justin Fields truther since he this whole draft process started. But I mean, it feels like a lot of these teams just made the right move. Um, I love the whole NFC East messy drama that happened. The Cowboys helped the Eagles jump the Giants, take Devonta Smith, a guy that I like. Um, I thought the Raiders did the most Raiders thing of all time, reaching for a guy they probably could have gotten in the second round or later um, when there were really good players on the board. I thought the Giants, Dave Gettleman did up a little bit. Um, yes, they do the great trade back, and that gives them some assets and gives them a, some great like ammunition in case Daniel Jones kind of flops in the next couple of years, which is very possible. But then they take Kadarius Tony, who I don't think they needed to take at 20. And I think there were much better options on the board. So it was fun. It was electric. Obviously the, the bears drafting Justin Fields, it just put me on a high that kind of lasted the entire day. And until today, and I got like no sleep last night because I was up late working for the draft and I'm still, still a little bit on a high, definitely a little exhausted. I, I'm ready for this week to end, but yeah, overall great time. So I had a lot of bets too. A lot of them cash. So overall just excellent. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like you gave me that JC horn prop under 12 and a half. Oh, yeah. That was a nice, nice cash right there. Um, Vandal was running a really nice uh, promotion um, bet 25, get a $10 bonus. So that was easy money right there. So thanks for that. Um, I also had um, a prop where J.C. Horn was the first cornerback to be taken, uh, plus plus three hundred. I mean, I thought it would, I thought it could be like a guy like Caleb Farley, but I think um, his back issues would have pushed him down, and that actually ended up happening. So, you know, I think J.C. Horn was the clear option of being the number one corner in this draft. He's he he has an eye for the ball. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, big hitter too. So, um, a good player out of South Carolina State there. Yeah, I actually thought Sertain was the top corner in this draft, but I think Horn was not just the second corner, the second defensive player. Um, I thought mm-hmm. both of those guys were pretty interchangeable, and I don't think there was a huge gap between them. Um, really love the Dolphins picking Jalen Phillips at 18. He's a guy that I think, if he's healthy, he's the only like true difference-making edge rusher in this draft. I really, really like this, what I've seen from him on tape, obviously forced to medically retire because of concussion. So that's never something you want, but I think I love taking the risk on him. I think he could be an impact player in Miami right away. Um, loved Rashawn Slater falling to the chargers. I think that's a great value at a position of need. Justin Herbert wasn't going to have like fucking Trey Pipkins blocking for him for his <laughs> entire career. That wasn't going to work out. Um, yeah. I'm a Northwestern graduate. So I love to see my guys go in the first round at two of them last night. It was, it was just great. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I didn't know what the Jets were doing with their second pick. I mean, I didn't really get um, Vera Tucker going there. I mean, you had other options there, like Tevin Jenkins, Christian Darrisaw. Uh Tell me a little bit about there and what was going through. Um, uh, I don't know what the GM's name is, but the head coach there, Robert Sala, what did you think about that pick there? I think that was kind of a reach. 
I didn't think it was a huge reach. I do like Vera Tucker. Um, mm-hmm. He's he has some pov- uh, positional flexibility, which I think is something they're looking for because he's not just he's probably going to play guard at the next level. Realistically, um, they have Makai Becton entrenched there, and he's I think uh, pretty much a no doubter. I mean, they maybe can go for a right tackle, and that would have been a situation where maybe you take Tevin Jenkins. But Darisaw is pretty stout, like solidly entrenched at left tackle. It might have been a little bit redundant to pick him there. I do think that Vera Tucker is a guy who can move around and can be a stud pretty much at four of the five offensive line positions. I didn't hate that one at all. Um, he was a guy that I thought was going to be like the not necessarily the sexiest pick, but teams are going to be happy they pick him. So I didn't hate that at all. I think it's kind of interesting that they got rid of a lot of the third round picks and they had a bunch and now they don't have any and they just have a second rounder um, at the top of the draft at the top of the second round. So maybe they trade back. Maybe they accumulate some of the picks there. Um, but I think Vera Tuck is a good player. Yeah. I mean, like if you're talking about like him being like a, like a versatile player, like him being like a potential guard, or if like, if a person goes down at the guard level, he can, uh, well, not the guard level. Sorry. If he, if he, if your starting tackle goes down, he could probably shift out. You know, if the Jets right, are looking exactly. for a, um, yeah, for yeah, if if the Jets are looking for a player that it that could do two things at once, um, you know, at that point, Elijah Vera Tucker is a good point. I just didn't get it. Like, I, I didn't know what their need was. I guess like now their need was tackle and guard, so I think they got it in Vera Tucker. So, like you mentioned, those third round picks. I mean, uh, the value down there. I, I mean, I don't know, but uh, yeah. I guess like I can try to reverse my decision and see him as a pick. For sure. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, we're, what do we know? Like we're just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Like these guys have to get in the field and play, and it's just kind of hard to predict. Sure. But what's going to happen with some of these guys? But that that was something that I kind of saw. Joe Douglas had the opportunity to take one of the premier players at a position of need, and then you give mm-hmm. up a little bit for it. But you know, you can't fault the process there, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the name of the GM over there, Joe Douglas. So I, that, I guess, like, you know, with um, Kai Becton over there, I mean, like, you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build an offensive line around him. So, you know, I guess Tucker and Becton could actually build a good foothold there in, in New York. So um, good pick, I guess. Uh, but, like, you know, the one of the picks I didn't get, and you touched on this earlier in the podcast, um, you know, when we started, is Kadarius Tony. I think there was a lot of talent on the board. You know, guys like Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman was there. I think this was kind of a reach here. You know, Darius Tony to me, and I've explained this on Twitter, is that he's a glorified Anthony Miller when Anthony Miller was coming out of Memphis. You know, he ran the same routes. Like, he has a limited route tree. So, like, I mean, I don't really see this Tony pick being like, oh, crap, we, we traded down, but we got this star stutter wide receiver. I don't see him as a star, but, like, you know – probably like as a utility guy next to Sterling Shepard and, and all those guys. I mean, you're getting back Darius Slayton, I guess, to full health, I guess, this year. Yeah, look, I I was not a fan of Tony coming in. Like, I, I think that... Mm-hmm. I wasn't he was, either. He, he's like, he's all projection at this point. Like, he, he produced pretty, like, very well his senior year, um, but he didn't really produce at all until that point and i mean his stats I, I don't have the numbers in front of me but i think it was like a, around a thousand yards in the season this is like a full i mean guys are putting up 1400 1500 around like i i thought that the, the tony pick was i i put it up there with the raiders as the worst pick of the first round just because i don't really think they're trying to they're competing with anyone i don't, I don't see other teams kind of jumping them and getting tony if they want him again maybe mm-hmm. they move up a little bit further in the second round and get him but i mean rashad bateman was on the board i think bateman is one yeah. of if not the best receiver outside of like jamar chase in this draft I, I really think bateman's gonna have a really great career and i didn't hate the fact that he's going to uh it's baltimore either because i mean we we don't know if they're gonna throw the ball a ton but i think bateman's a guy that you can be versatile with you can move him around the formation you can kind of have him be a bit of a Swiss army knife on offense. And that kind of made sense for the giants too. I mean, like you got Kenny Galladay to be, be the outside guy. So maybe like if you're thinking of Bateman as just being that guy, that's maybe where you kind of want to not do that. But I don't know. And there were like Elijah Moore, a great slot receiver. I think is better than Tony. I think there are other, I think yeah. Terrace Marshall yeah. is better than Tony. I think there mm-hmm. was, I think it just didn't make a lot of sense to me because there's a chance that Tony turned, like he hits the ceiling, but is that going to happen with Daniel Jones? I don't know. It's it's just a little bit. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, like, you know, I, I, looking at it from a perspective view of just him playing wide receiver three, I guess you have Kenny Galladay there 
who yeah, I, he, I was blanking on earlier. Yeah, he he did sign that deal there in New York, and then you have Darius Slayton, and then I I guess you have Sterling Shepard. I guess his his role in that defense is just being like a jackknife um, yeah. weapon. Really, it's not it's not to be like a wide receiver in this league. I mean, like I know a, a lot of people liked him, a lot of people that I know that liked him too, but like his his ability is limited, I think, and like you know um, him running these screens and him running these slants in that um, inside role um, at slot or at the four spot, you know, that can really help Daniel Jones and actually release the ball pretty quick to him. So, I mean, you know, it's, I guess like in forms of that, it's a good pick, but if you're expecting Tony to, you know, be a guy that could be a top 10 wide receiver in this league, I don't see that happening because like you mentioned earlier, like the numbers that he put put up in college, they're only less than 1600 yards, 12 touchdowns. Right. And majority of those yards came in 2020. So um, like most of his production in Florida came at a senior hit in his senior year. So, um, I mean, I, I hope it works out, but like that, um, I, like I said, the whole, um, output for Kadarius Tony is just to be like a jackknife utility player in this offense. And that's what I'm expecting him to be. Yeah. And that's not something you're taking with the 20th overall pick. Yeah. And I just, I like, it seems like they really wanted Devonta Smith, the Eagles mm-hmm. dump them and then they trade down, which is probably the right call at that point. I mean, like they mm-hmm. got a big call from the bears. They got a future first. That's, that's huge for them. But then mm-hmm. it still kind of feels like that was just kind of a little bit more reactive instead of proactive to take Tony, who was probably like, maybe he's the fourth receiver on their board, but there were like, there, there were really good offensive linemen still on the board. Darisaw was still on the board. They need a tackle. Tevin Jenkins is still on the board for some reason. Now um, I thought both of those picks were better value at more of a position of need at this point. Let's be real. I don't know. I have a lot of friends who are Giants fans. My roommate's a diehard Giants fan, so I kind of yeah. feel bad for them. But, yeah, it was, it was a little bit head-scratching for me. I mean, I guess, like, you can take it uh, take into consideration that, like you mentioned it earlier, just a couple of sec- seconds ago, that, you know, it's, it, it's beneficial for them to get – I don't know if it's like, you know, I mean – like he was right there. Rashad Bateman was right there. I think if you got in him, it would have been a three-headed um, monster at wide receiver. It would have been three guys that could be used at the wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or wide receiver. They can play anywhere on the field. But now you've limited yourself. Like Darius Slayton is a really good two wide receiver. Um, Kenny Galladay is a really good one wide receiver, I think, in this league. I, I just think that if you added like a player like Elijah Moore or a guy like, you know, Rashad Bateman, or even like if you reach for Jalen Darden, who we both like, who does so many good things on that football field, right? Um, that would have been better than Tony. Yeah, I don't I don't think you want to reach for Jalen Darden in the first round, but to your point, like, why don't you just wait until round three to take Jalen yeah, Darden? Because exactly. he does a lot of the yeah. same things. He's only just a few inches shorter than Tony, and that's what's going to, mm-hmm. like, he's yeah. smaller and weighs less and played at, a, you know, like, a not a major program like Florida. But he all he did was produce in college, and all he does with the ball in his hands is make people miss, and he has good hands. He's better hands than Tony, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed watching Jalen Darden, but I agree. You don't reach for a player like that. You can definitely get Jalen Darden like the end, end second, top three, top third round, hopefully to the Bears as Bears fans. But oh, that would be great. That would be, that would be insane if we got a guard and, and a wide receiver like him, dude. I would, that, would, that would be awesome. Like, if but, they can get Justin Fields in the first, I don't think it's going to mm-hmm. happen, but if they get Tevin Jenkins in the second and then Jalen Darden in the third, those are my three draft crushes. So, like, oh, like these God. are these guys that I've just been talking about nonstop on my Twitter account. So, I, I don't. That, I might lose my mind if that happens. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do if that. I don't think. I don't. I think Tevin Jenkins is going to be one of the first three players off the board tonight, and I think it's kind of insane right. that he fell. One of my bets actually was him under 24 and a half, and that was one of my ones that clearly did not hit. But you know, I, I, I yeah, a boy can dream. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, here. I mean, like it, it, it was, it was a good bet. I, I like, I, I even tailed that bet. I wasn't too mad. I thought the Jets actually moved up to take him. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was actually Tevin Jenkins because like this man actually said that he wanted to hurt 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 an MF, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, hurt a motherfucker, I guess um, it's explicit. So I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, dude, he he's insane. If he somehow fell to like that 47 to 50 range, I would want Pace to trade up. But like if he fell into our lap at 52 or like even Liam Eichenberg, if he fell he's into another our guy lap, I like, yeah. 
Yeah, if we're talking bears, I like I I put a, on my Twitter account. I put like a list of kind of like ten or eleven players that are still on the board that I think mm-hmm. are really good, and they they are positions of need for the Bears right now. So on the board, you got Tevin Jenkins, you got Walker Little, the offensive tackle out of Stanford, who like hasn't played football in a couple of years, but is really good and could have been a top twenty pick if he wasn't injured and didn't opt out. I mean, Dylan Raddins, I think, is a guy that a lot of people like. Samuel Cosme, Jalen Mayfield, those are guys I'm a little bit more meh on, but like if they're going to take him in 52, I definitely wouldn't hate it. They have a lot of upside. Eichenberg, and then receivers. You got Elijah Moore, you got Terrace Marshall, you got Rondale Moore, who's another guy that's super electric yeah. that I would love if they drafted. Tylen Wallace, Diami Brown, like there's just so many good players left on the board right now. And it, it yeah. kind of feels like they could this could fall. Like I don't think the Bears should take a defensive player unless it's um Maybe if Asante this, Samuel yeah. Jr. is still on the board, that's a guy that I think fits uh, what they need right now. But I think another he's another guy who's going to go off the board pretty soon. So, but like there's there's just a lot of options for them. If we're talking Bears right now, I'm yeah. I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it. it's pretty hard to fuck this up. It'll be very yeah. hard to fuck this up. Yeah, it'll be really hard to fuck this up for Ryan Pace. But like if we can like move the spectrum a little bit, honestly, you know. I, I mean, like if the Bears can get like a, a duel of a wide receiver in like a in in a um an offensive guard or a tackle, that would that, that would just be awesome, you know. I mean, like, and it has to be the guys that like we want, like we mentioned. But like, you know, you know, it would it would just be great. We just wanted to touch up on it as because we're Chicago fans, so yeah. Um, and it, you know, like we we were just surprised yesterday because we got Justin Fields, so yeah. <laughs> um, our future, and I'm just happy. And I, and the, dude, Jeremy, the sun is brightening so it, it it's shining so bright right now for some reason all over Illinois. Have I no know, idea. It's great. Um, I was I was just like sitting. I was working last night, but I was just sitting on my couch. No one else in my apartment. I was just laughing to myself. Like no one's in the room. I'm just you know, and I've, <laughs> I'm exhausted today. Look, I, I was up till yeah. like one a.m. working. Like I, I I woke up again. Had to work this morning. I just got off, and I'm just like, if Justin Fields hadn't been drafted by the Bears, I would be such a sourpuss right now. But mm-hmm. I'm not, and like. I don't know. I'm so excited for the season now. And I just didn't think that was, I think there was only one thing that the bears could have done that would have made me actually look forward to the 2021 season. Just the way that the rest of the team is kind of structured right now. Yeah. And it was them trading up to get Justin Fields and it happened. And I'm, it happened, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. It's not, it wasn't in the top six. Ryan pace played his game and he got his man. All right, man. But like, you know, moving on, you know, obviously, you know, um, we talked about a, a couple of the players that we like in the round. Um, but like, you know, fantasy outlooks, you know, because this is a uh, fantasy podcast as well. But like, who are some of the players that you think on the offensive side of the football could provide like big dividends to these uh, dynasty owners and fantasy football owners? So I, I want to start with Alan Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is obviously not a player that was drafted last night, but Justin Fields changes his whole, whole outlook. Uh-huh. And like, mm-hmm. there's a possibility that he doesn't re-sign with Chicago in 2022. I think it's a very good possibility still. Um, but it immediately raises his short-term value because I do think Justin Fields is going to start sooner than later. I don't think they want him to, but I just wouldn't be shocked if he beats people out, uh, if he beats Andy Dalton out um, in training camp. Because I think people are going to kind of show up to training camp and realize he's just a really good quarterback. And I don't know. To a certain extent, you can't keep these guys off the field if they're that good. Um, but apart from that, this Rashawn Slater falling to the Chargers at number 13 is huge for Justin Herbert. I was worried about him. I was worried about this entire offense. I mean, they hired this guy, mm-hmm. Joe Lombardo from the Saints. Um, he was on the Saints years ago uh, as their offensive coordinator. And it kind of felt like this was a team that needed to make a move to help its rookie quarterback way more than they did. I mean, they hired Brandon Staley from the Rams, who, like, everybody says he's a wonderkind and that this yeah. was, if you want him on your team, like, you had to hire him as head coach. You had to do it now. And, like, maybe it was a great mm-hmm. call. Like, everything that I hear about him is that he's great. But to a certain extent, like, you got to make your team about your franchise quarterback. And I, like, obviously, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are still there. But solidifying the offense with a potential stalwart left tackle is going to be massive for him. And like Justin Herbert was hit just as much as any quarterback last year. He still was excellent. And this is only going to help his value. It's only going to help guys like Keenan Allen. I'm not sure how they're going to employ Austin Eckler, but I do think he has a ton of upside. Um, I think this was huge for the Chargers. And I I really liked... um, I like the Vikings staying put and getting Christian Darisaw. I don't really think there's that much more you can add to the values of guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, who I think are going to be just kind of top three fantasy picks no matter what. But when you add a a left tackle, 
uh, when you have a bad offensive line, it, it, it just doesn't, it can never do anything bad. And um, I'm, I'm really happy that those two teams made those moves. I'm not thrilled that the Vikings made that move being in the bears division, because I mean, the, the lions and Vikings both added excellent left tackles in this draft, in my opinion. And it's going to make a little bit harder for Khalil Mack to just kind of wreak havoc on quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. But, I do like it for, for the Vikings. Um, and then, yeah, I, off the top of my head, I mean, I think Tua Tagovailoa, if you still believe in his talent, I'm not as high on him as I think some people are, but adding Jalen Waddle's never going to hurt. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, he he has that chemistry with Jalen Waddle, so, I mean, let's see, see what happens there in Miami. They're building, like, a little fun team out there, so, I mean, you know, I think they owned two, two first-round picks there, so... Um, so I, I can't remember what they went on their second first round pick. They got Jalen uh, Phillips at Rush. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Miami, right. Who I love. I'm a big fan of him. He he, he used to play at U, UCLA, right? He just got kicked off the football team because because he surpassed the concussion limit. Yeah, and then he transferred to Miami, and then he basically uh-huh. outplayed Gregory Rousseau. So and I, he's he, like you watch the film, he can disrupt a game by himself. He has. He has pass rushing moves. He's strength. He's strong. He's powerful. He can get home. Um, I, I like him a lot. And I, I was like, in this draft, I thought that Sertain and Horn were like the two kind of like almost sure thing defensive players. And there weren't that many others. And Jalen Phillips, I would add to that list if he can stay healthy. But again, that's a question. And it's always something you're worried about. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, who knows? Like some guys that go to the NFL that they end up and they they end up staying healthy. So, I mean, like, you know, they, they treat their bodies like temples and stuff. So it all takes like, you know, like, I, I, I think he knows it now, Jalen Phillips. They're like, you know, he, he had to leave a school because he had concussions there. So like at Miami, I'm not sure what his um, injury history was at Miami, but I'm pretty sure it was, um, it was none. Right. So, yeah. I mean, like he, he was, so like right now, like, I guess he's doing okay. And I guess he has his team of doctors and helping them out and stuff. So, I mean, like you just have to give players like that a chance. Like I, I like him, you know, I mean like my, my buddy, Lucas Berry, um, he likes Jalen Phillips a lot too. Um, and like, you know, I mean, if he can wreak havoc there for Miami, it's going to be, it's going to be helpful for them. Yeah, I I definitely think that that was a nice pick. In terms of fantasy, yeah. there are definitely some guys whose values I think hurt. I think I think more players' values were hurt from a lot of the offensive picks in this draft. We can get into that if you want. Yeah, I mean, like there there are there are a couple. I mean, like you know, for example, I guess you know James Robinson, yeah, he's Jacksonville the big running one. back. He 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 just got fucked yesterday. He got fucked. Like I was telling I people know. to sell James Robinson all offseason. I was like, Urban Meyer, like he wants to make the splash move. It's a new front office. They have no commitment to this guy. Like they, he was just undrafted free agent. Like, yeah. And then I heard but something he yesterday. Fucked, yeah, he got fucked. Like he's a good player, and it's kind of unfortunate. Now they have Carlos Hyde too, and <laughs> yeah. apparently I, I saw a tweet that was like they're imagining Etienne being the third down running back. Like. Why the hell do you draft a third down running back the 25th yeah. overall pick? It's just, it's not a good start no. for Urban Meyer. And that's a guy I was kind of skeptical of going into him being hired as the coach. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah definitely looking over here at my, uh, definitely looking over here at my phone here. I think Travis Etienne is going to be that starting running back. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the most explosive I mean, running back on that team the, by the, a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, he has ability to, to catch back f- passes out of the backfield. I mean, I watched him. At Clemson, he is a terrorizing running back. You know, he can make you pay anytime. So that's a good pick by them. I mean, but like then again, you know, I understand your point. I mean, I get it from like, you know, James Robinson was great and all, like and all that stuff. But like, you know, I mean, they have no reason to give commitments to a person that is an undrafted player. And if you drafted Trevor Lawrence, draft his buddy with him. Why not? Yeah. I fully agree with that. It, it's kind of tough. Um, other guy, I mean, like T Higgins is another guy that I was really high on. Um, and yeah. now they drafted Joe Burrow's buddy, Jamar Chase. And it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, where are these targets going to go? Like, where are these targets going to go? Is Joe Burrow going to be healthy? Is he going to be protected? I mean, I think the whole idea that the Bengals should have drafted a tackle is a little overrated because there are a lot of good prospects left and they're, they're going to draft one today. But I still, I mean, um, they could come away with Tevin Jenkins. On. They yeah, could come away with Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, You're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, like if 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 they if they get a tackle like him or Liam Eikenberg or 
you know, if they even try to move up into like a late second and like try to get Quinn Minieres or try to double down in it in the second round, uh, that, yeah, Christensen. that whole statement, yeah, that whole statement is going to be debunked by tonight. That like yeah, they I think it's kind of already has been. Yeah. Kind of already has I mean, been honestly because like you look at the guys that are left on the board and you yeah. look at the receivers yeah. that are left on the board. Like, there's a couple good ones, but I mean none to the Definitely. extent of none to the caliber of Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean Jamar Chase is going to be that like is, is going to be what ju- what we saw ju- Justin Jeff- Jefferson be his rookie year. Like Jamar Chase might actually be better. I mean he like I don't even think like the the opt the opted out year is going to really affect him. Like he's going to be what Jamar Chase is like i don't even know what i'm saying right now but like because a guy actually dressed up like just dressed up like 21 savage at the draft yesterday so <laughs> that was actually really cool to see him like i really thought was that was is that 21 savage for a second and it's not yeah. But like yeah i mean did you see that did you see the zach wilson thing the video on twitter where uh, they're they're all standing up the top five picks and, and he um, looks so nervous yeah he looks nervous as yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm the only white guy up here. What what's going on? <laughs> this is, I'm, not, I'm not in Utah anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he has a good career too. I think Zach Wilson. I mean, he's he's obviously the guy that's going to be starting day one there in New yeah. York. And hopefully, with the weapons that he's got. I mean, like you know, out there in BYU, he did it with Zach Meline and guys like um, Angerier and stuff. So I mean, like if he if he has like you know Corey Davis, Denzel Mims all those guys. And I guess the running back over there, I can't remember his name. Um, but you know, if he can try to put together like a little offense there and try to get it going, then maybe he can be successful too. I'm a little worried about him. Um, like people don't talk enough about how good BYU's offensive line was, especially like when you consider the quality of competition, it was one of the best in the country. It was already one of the best of the country. You don't have elite edge rushers lining Mm -hmm. up, um, across from you every day. And Uh he he had a lot of time to throw. And I mean, Zach Wilson, I I understand what people see in him. I think he I think Justin Fields is a better quarterback, and I think he's going to have a better career. Um, and I thought that before he was drafted to the Bears, he was my second ranked quarterback. Wilson's my third. I think he he's so good at like the off por- off platform throws and just kind of improvising and just whipping the ball across his body and chucking it downfield. But the intricacies of being a quarterback are a little bit difficult, and it's just like. I think he's going to have a little bit more trouble than people expect. Like he's, he's not in Kansas anymore uh, or Utah or wherever BYU is. Um, But I I still think there's a chance that he kind of doesn't turn out to be the guy that people think in New York. Because again, like what, what does he have in New York? He has a couple of good receivers, brand new head coach, um, brand new offensive coordinator, a lot of variables here, and he has a large and, range of outcomes in terms of what and, and here's be. the thing, Jeremy, that people don't understand. Like, I agree with your points here. Is that like I get Zach Wilson's accuracy is fantastic. I'm not I'm not knocking on this guy talent or anything. I'm just saying that, like, you know, can New York? I mean, like, the, yeah, they have Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, they have Makai Becton and stuff, right? But like, you know, like BYU's offensive line was highly regarded. Like, you know, one of the best run. Uh, lines to run behind i mean like you know i had a great time betting on byu and the spread and stuff and they covered a lot yeah. of a lot of games just because of how a how they were able to run the ball behind that ferocious offensive line so i mean like like if the jets can't do that it's going to be very hard for zach wilson's accuracy to be on the dot like you had receivers like um Corey davis like i mentioned earlier denzel mims right have all these guys right but they're mm-hmm. these guys don't help you if your offensive line can't give you any time, I'm sure as Chicago Bears fans, we know that. And as every other team in the league that doesn't even have an offensive line, Cincinnati even knows that too. They lost their quarterback to an injury. So that's one of the things that New York has to look at in the second round and the third round to see where they can go get um, a couple of more offensive linemen to, to protect um, Zach Wilson. Because that's the, that's the most important thing right now that you want to do. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I think it'll be, I mean, I'm, I fucking work in the New York sports media. I work mm-hmm. in the New York yeah. Post, and I'm gonna be yeah. following this career very closely. And I'm I'm curious yeah. to see what ends up happening. Um, obviously, the Jets are one of the teams that have yeah. as cursed of a history with quarterbacks as the Bears do. So we will see. And and to be honest, Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson, the ownership, they have really high hopes for this guy, and they they he has to hit. So yeah. you know, if they're gonna invest more pieces around him, then I guess they're gonna do it. But like you know, moving on. 
you know, talking about um, other couple of people that could be available that could be, you know, a positive or a negative fantasy value for owners out there. Obviously, what are the guys do you think on the offensive side of the ball do you think that like could provide great fantasy value? You mean guys that are left that haven't been drafted yet, or the guys? Yeah, that guys are, that are, yeah, guys that are left that haven't been drafted yet. Yeah, I think Elijah Moore is going to be successful right away pretty much everywhere he goes like he's going to be a slot receiver and i don't think he's going to be the guy who puts up 1400 yards a year but i mean this guy is just so tenacious he has great ball skills he's fast he's really fast um and he kind of fits the mold of a perfect slot receiver who's going to get you a lot of receptions per game he's going to be kind of a quarterback's best friend i think you think about the teams where he could go i i feel like he's a guy that could go off the board pretty early um maybe the jets snag him maybe the jaguar like there's a lot of there's a lot of teams at the top of the draft that could use him. That could use a talent like him. Pat Fryermuth is. I think people have been talking so much about Kyle Pitts that yeah. they. I'm not saying Pat Fryermuth is dude. anywhere like close to as good as Pitts yeah. is because Pitts is clearly a unicorn. He's gonna mm-hmm. like. I feel like there's pretty much no doubt in terms of like whether or not he's gonna live up to his draft status because he's gonna like it's, it's gonna be pretty hard for him not to. But Fryermuth, I think, is would be getting a lot more attention if not for Kyle Pitts. Like this guy is a pretty, pretty complete tight end in terms of being able to catch the ball, being able to block, being able to run the ball. He's not a great blocker, but he's not a terrible blocker and he's been good. Um, and I mean, a good pedigree of tight ends coming out of, uh, of um, from him. Uh, and then I'm trying to think who else we got. Uh, I think Terrace Marshall, I think it kind of depends on where he ends up. Um, but he has a chance to be good. Uh, Javante Williams. Like, I think yeah, he I like could go to Atlanta. Too. So yep. I, a lot of people I'm talking to say he's the best running back in this class. And I haven't watched as much tape on him as I would like to. But yeah. I kind of feel like he... I watched some tape and he's just like a little fucking bowling ball. He wrecks people. Mm-hmm. He, he has straight mm-hmm. line speed. He doesn't have like breakaway speed that Travis Etienne does. But he can kind of just grind out yards i think he could be a workhorse if he goes to the falcons i think that's a perfect fit for him and i think he could be really successful right away and that's a guy that i would draft in like the third round of a, of a uh like startup other than that in a startup obviously i want to draft him earlier than that but in redraft league that's a guy that's going to find his way into a pretty high up the draft board yeah because like i would like i i like javante williams more than michael carter at um, north carolina oh, yeah, i thought same. Javante Williams was like the more uh, the actually one of the top three running backs in this class. Um, I had him at two. Um, I I had Najee Harris at three, uh, Javante Williams at two, and Travis Etienne at one. I mean, I I realized Najee Harris's talent, like, um, but I I think the fit is great for Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. So I mean, like, um, uh, you know, James James Conner wasn't the guy that he was before. And that that was good. But like going back to your old point by Javante Williams is that like, you know, if he goes to a team that is like, you know, crap, like like you mentioned, Atlanta could be a good could be a good pick for him. I mean, that could be some good things. He gets to learn like if Todd Gurley is resigned. I don't know if he's resigned back there, is he? No, no. That so, I mean, that could be a door open for him right there for fans. And they got Arthur like, Smith in there. As yeah. a coach, and I mean, obviously, got an insane amount of production out of Derrick Henry. Um, and I think they're going to need a running back. Um, and yeah. I think he's a really, I mean, the Falcons, if they do that, they'll kind of subscribe to the theory that, like, we don't need to stop you if we can outscore you. Like, their, mm-hmm. their offense mm-hmm. is going to be so good and their defense is not going to be good, but it kind of doesn't really matter that much anymore. Like, defense is kind of getting a little devalued in the NFL. And that's why I'm really glad the Bears traded up for a quarterback. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, like you can you can have a middle of the pack defense and the top top offense, and you can still win some. Can you can win a Super Bowl? I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, Tampa Bay just did it. So, um, yes, I mean, yeah. Any other players that you, that you think that are un, uh, like not yet drafted that can provide some value to um, to any fantasy owners before we move into our next segment of fantasy baseball and some pickups and stuff? I do like some Jalen Darden. Um, mm-hmm. I think I like that, that too. I think a lot of the, honestly, a lot of the guys that are left are like very scheme dependent and team dependent. Um, it, it's going to all depend on opportunity. Like we can talk up some of these guys as much as we want to in terms of how, you know, like how explosive they look on tape and how like productive they were in college. But I mean, if like the Bucks draft another running back, like that running back is automatically irrelevant because they have so many. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just depends on where some of these guys end up. Like Darden's guy, Amon Ross St. Brown's another receiver I like. Um, I think. 
I'm not high in any of the quarterback. I don't think any of the quarterbacks are going to get drafted later. Really going to have any success in the NFL in terms of like being a starter, being a successful starter. Um, tight ends. I think it kind of stops and starts with uh, the two that I mentioned. Running backs. I mean, Kenny Gainwell could kind of be a PPR monster if he gets in the right system because he's a good pass catcher. Um, got a Memphis. I I don't think that he would be like if he if he lands in a good spot where he's going to get a lot of work. I think he could kind of sneakily provide a lot of value year one, especially in a PPR league. But um, apart from that, I think you just got to see where the board falls. I, I'm not going to make any grand proclaimments at this point. Yeah, I mean, like the like you know, like I do like Kenny Gainwell. I think the uh, running back out of Memphis. I mean, I don't think like his skill set matches with the the other former running back out of Memphis, Antonio Gibson. So I mean, you know, I think the situation, yeah, very different. So you know, uh, the situation for him has to match, and you know, hopefully he goes to a team where you know he has the number of carries, he has a good line in front of him. You know, I think like a team like you know if like Baltimore. You know, if they could, you know, can get Kenny Gainwell as a third down running back behind J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, that could be a good spot because I don't know what they're doing with Melvin Ingram. I think he's a free agent now. So um, is he a free agent? Yeah, he's not coming back. Um, They did resign Gus Edwards. And I think like Kenny Gainwell to the Ravens would make some sense to me just if only because they love having a million running backs and tanking Mm -hmm. the value of their main. Like J.K. Dobbins is a guy I'm worried about just because I'm not sure if he's going to get the workload that he needs kind of he will match never his get pedigree. It's annoying because I think he's super talented and he's in a great yeah, system. And great. he, But like Lamar Jackson's going to still have his goal on carry. So like, yeah. what are you really drafting him for? You're just kind of hoping that he scores a touchdown on every game, which yeah. he, kind of did, he did for like seven straight games in the last season, which was kind of ridiculous. But I really hope um, um, Harbaugh sees that over there because like if he can try to give like – uh, J.K. Dobbins a full time workload. He can be a really good running back in this league, but it won't happen. He, so what, happen. what he's going to do is going to give sixty percent to um, J.K. Dobbins. No, actually, wait. It's going to be like forty percent to J.K. Dobbins, forty percent to Gus Edwards, and twenty percent to his third down running back. Like you know, J.K. Dobbins, what he did at Ohio State was just um, indisputable. You know, with Justin Fields, obviously. So you know that that I don't know what they're doing, but like, and you mentioned. Lamar Jackson is getting like 15 carries a game. I was going to say, it's going to be like 40% for J.K. Dobbins, 30% for Lamar Jackson, yeah. like 20% for Gus Edwards, and then, and then whoever they draft. 10% other. So we'll yeah. see who that is. Yeah, I guess like, uh, you know, what they have to do if Baltimore to take the next step to try to win a ring is, is just try to like like adjust Lamar to be more of a pocket passer to rely more on his wide receivers, you know. Um, you know, I, it like – it's more of a passing league these days. Um, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But moving on to the next segment of fantasy baseball, obviously um, I haven't fallen as much baseball, but like, you know, the Cubs are reeking right now, obviously dropped the series to the Atlanta Braves. I hate the Cubs so much. I don't want to talk about the Cubs. I don't, let's not talk about the Cubs. I'm sorry that I mentioned yeah. that. They're frustrating right now. They're, I mean, I don't know if I, you saw my tweet, but they yeah. uh, they did not lose a game while I was in Mexico. And then yeah. I come back and they didn't win until last night. So they lost like five or six. Like I was literally a curse. And then they finally win a game after the Bears draft Justin Fields. So maybe that's the curse breaker. Damn. So you were in Mexico from 420 to 425. And then you came back and they lost three straight. And then uh, they it was won in- yesterday 9-3. I was in Mexico from the 19th, I think, to the 24th. Oh, 19th, 24th. And they lost on the 24th, I think. As like they lost the yeah, yeah, Saturday right. evening. Okay. They mm-hmm. lost that game as like as I was pulling into New York, they blew the lead. <laughs> um and they obviously like things went off the rails from there and they yeah. didn't win a game until last yeah. night. And it got shut out two straight nights. So <laughs> it's very fucking stressful. I'm sick of it. Yeah, man. Um, this is like, bears. I'm fully back in on the Bears. Like, uh, yeah, me too. Bears are back. Like, I'm. I'm just yeah. gonna focus on the Bears now. I mean, the Cubs. I mean, uh, with the Rickets and stuff. I mean, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, I hate them too. But yeah, man. What are some fantasy baseball tips you got for our listeners out there that have some fantasy baseball leagues? I don't have any leagues. I don't. I don't do fantasy baseball. But like, you know, like I figured, like you know, we could like transition like the fantasy talk into some betting moves for baseball. Then we can end the, end the show on that. Yeah, so I, I can give you a few some pieces of fantasy baseball advice. So, yeah. um, 
I've, I've had my eye on a couple catcher pickups. Um, I might be a little bit too late for Omar Narvaez uh, from the Brewers because he's been kind of raking. I, I got him a couple weeks ago, and he's been pretty effective for me. He's getting up to like 50% owned um, in ESPN leagues. But, I mean, he, he's slugging in like the like mid-530s. He's, he's, hitting, he's hitting some home runs. He's getting on base. Um, on base percentage is 450 right now. So, um, I don't know if people are more categories fantasy baseball or points. I kind of specifically do points. I don't really enjoy categories as much, but um, him and Kyle Higashioka, it seems like Gary Sanchez is not getting his job back in New York and he's been awful all season and Higashioka is not great, but he seems like it's going to get you pretty close to everyday at bats um, in terms of, you know, uh, in terms of just like getting like five starts a week. I, I think that's something that's kind of valuable. And if you're like catchers are hard to find. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm, I'm curious to like, I don't know if you're a big fantasy baseball guy, but like Kyle Hendricks is a guy I drafted. And yeah. I know you said you don't yeah. want to talk about it's the Cubs. Tough. No, you can go ahead and talk about it. It's, it's fantasy related. I mean, he is, he had a tough start to this season. So, far. yeah. So I'll, I'll read some of his stat lines. So to start of the season, three innings pitched, three earned runs, three walks, four hits. Not great. Then so he comes back six innings, yeah. no earned runs, six strikeouts, didn't get the win. Then four innings pitched, seven earned runs, seven hits, bad. Then six innings pitched, two earned runs, only, well, actually six strikeouts in that game gets the win finally, and then blows up again. So, like, are you subscribing to, like, odd number games? He He's getting wrecked, and then an even number games, he's going to come back to it. I think it's kind of an interesting question because he probably had to spend a lot of capital on him and... He was a guy that would have said buy low after his second terrible start, but now it's just it's kind of turning into a trend for the entire month. I know you watch the Cubs. Like, what do you think is going on with him? I, I kind of feel like I don't know. I, he doesn't seem like he has it this year, and it's 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 kind of feels like think, he's been the guy that's been skating by in terms of like finesse. But if you can get the bat on his ball, you can crush it. And people are getting the bat on the ball now. I don't know. It's it's troubling. I think I think it like you know like he, like last last year he was he started off like this a little bit. Um, and you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't a streak as long as this. I mean, like, you know, I mean, April, May, June, and then he starts to pop off some really good games in July, August, September going into the playoff mm-hmm. seasons. I mean, but like, you know, I mean, if he continues, if he keeps this up, then like, I don't know where that pop's going to come from. Like, you know, I mean, like everything that Hendrix is tossing, they're hitting. So it's just like, yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. I mean, like, you know, I love Hendricks so much and, you know, it, it's hurtful. You know, I mean, like he's our ace right now, I think, right after you Darvish leaving. So it's just like, wow. I mean, like, I hope he turns it around like like he does. Like every season he does. Like he's more of like a second second half of the season um, 8K guy that goes seven innings and then he takes care of it. And like we don't really bat for him. But like, you know, if we could try to um, – get the old Hendricks back like we did last year after the first half of the season. I think maybe the Cubs have something to salvage. Yeah. So like, are you buying Kyle Hendricks right now in terms of fantasy? Are you, are you like kind of trying to cut bait while you can? I kind of feel like it's a hold situation. Don't buy or sell, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I would hold him because like, you never know like um, what we, what he could do. I mean, if he can replicate the same thing, what he's been doing for the last couple of years, he's the second half of the season guy, man. Like, like, the first half of the season, he will struggle because, like, you know, of course, like, obviously with you, Darvish, gone, I think, like, it's it's hard because, like, we, who's our next pitcher after um, Kyle Hendricks? It's um, Zach Davies, right? It's and been then awful. Go, it's been yeah, worse. It's been awful. So it's just, like, you know, like, the, the, the load of distribution on Kyle Hendricks' place has gone up. And yeah. it's it, he's not he's not as good as a, like I don't know if he's as good as Hugh Darvish is. So I mean, like you know, like no, definitely not. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, you have that transition, you have all of that pressure. So I mean, you know, hopefully he can channel that pressure and try to get back in it. Like when he starts the second half of the season after like eighty some games or like that. So, but because yeah. we need him. If if you if he continues this, then. The whole situ- the the whole turns into a sell situation at that time. Yeah, it's it's something to watch. I think if you gotta if you got him now, don't don't panic because you're not gonna get it yeah. for him. You try yeah. to sell him, but it's yeah. it's tough. 
See, I know a little bit of fantasy baseball. Like, yeah, there you I, go. I look, I, yeah, look at some articles and some pickups and stuff. But like another pickup that I saw up from the Cubs again. Like, you know, if he can try to get the bats going and if he can get it going, is Nico Horner. He's only yeah. um owned in like fifteen percent of the leagues out there. So I mean, like if you guys can get him, try to pick him up. So yeah, he's um, he's a guy that's gonna be more valuable in, in a in a categories league than a points yeah, league because yeah. he doesn't hit it for yeah. a ton of power um but he'll get mm-hmm. on base he'll, he'll score some runs hopefully if the, if the cubs yeah. ever score runs again like <laughs> we'll see if that's actually a thing but, yeah uh, yeah i mean they they have to score it's just like last year like our pitching wasn't the issue it was our batting but now it's both yeah so it's just <laughs> like what are we doing man like i really yeah. hope the ownership like opens their eyes and like if they if they really if they really like you know like try to really care about this team and winning and stuff and say it's a family team, go out and go spend some money. And so we could like try to have some more fantasy uh, players that are from the Cubs. So it's time to rebuild. I think. Yeah, I think it is too. But yeah, Jeremy moving on to our final segment of the podcast. We have 15 minutes of this podcast. Um, you know, the betting section, you know, yesterday, um, if you want to recap your draft bets and then we can go into the bets um, that you got for today. Yeah, so the ones that I hit were the ones I told you about. So J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain, I think, unders, they were as close to locks you could possibly get. Um, one I thought that was a lock was not a lock was Seven Jenkins. That was probably my favorite one of the night. Um, yeah. Did not hit. But I still got a couple more. Um, well, actually, I had a bunch of others than that. I mean, I took um, – I'm trying to think of the ones that hit. Um, I took uh, – it actually was heavily on Trey Lance um, at the third overall pick kind of had been doubling, doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on that as the kind of draft got closer. Cause it kind of seemed like he was very much in play for them. Um, but it was afternoon. So there are two quarterbacks that I kind of feel like are going to go in the second round or if not early third. So those are Davis Mills and Kellen Mond. I mean, Davis Mills is the name I keep hearing a lot. And the over-under is 67 and a half. So basically, he just needs to go in the second round or a little bit into the third round. And that's a that's a team like Washington, for example. They missed out on a quarterback. I would not be shocked at all if they take one of those two guys. And Davis Mills kind of feels like he's this great mystery because he started, what, like 11 games. And, I mean, he looked good, but he obviously still has a lot of things to work on. He's another kind of guy, along with Trey Lance, who's going to need to sit for a little bit and kind of learn, I think. Washington, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick there. You got um, Taylor Heineke. You got you got options, so you don't have to throw him in right away. It might seem appealing to them. To maybe see if they can groom him into being something. That's so over so under sixty seven and a half. It kind of feels like he's a name that I keep hearing that's kind of intriguing a lot of teams. And Kellen Mond, his number is a little bit lower than that. It was at like eighty seven. I think it went up to the eighty or like seventy six ish. That's just he needs to go in the second round of the top half of the third round, and he's another guy like coaches are going to see the tools they see his mobility they see his ridiculous arm he's not accurate he's not doesn't make good decisions um i am not a fan but i kind of feel like a team can talk themselves into it so those are two unders that i kind of like um i want to pull up the bears odds because i think i saw that wide receiver was like plus 400 yeah yeah so it, it feels like it's going to be offensive line. I, I think that's probably the most likely, but I don't think it's that likely. I think I think there's a decent chance you can get some value on Bears to draft a receiver plus four hundred, plus five hundred. Yeah, I really, I think like you know, if one of the guard, if the one of the tackles that we can't get, you know, like you know, if if they if they feel confident that they can get a guy like Spencer Brown in the third round, you know, right. you, can, you can get a guy like you know, uh, Brady Christensen. Yeah, you know, so I mean, you could look back in the second round and see if Rondo Moore's there. You pull the trailer on that because you know Justin Fields is gonna love Rondo Moore. So I mean, like you know, I mean, like in talking about bets and stuff, um, Jeremy, you know, I mean, looking at this, uh, looking at the numbers here. Um, I mean, if, if I scroll down to the Bears, uh, come on, come on. Um, yeah. Oh, here we go. It is the Chicago Bears. It's plus two fifty on FanDuel, and the offensive line is minus one sixty. Hmm, interesting. I moved. That was that was different. Yeah. That moved. It, it, yeah, I, I saw you were right. You were right. It was plus four hundred last night. You know, this minus one twenty five for the offensive line pick. So, uh, I mean, like I, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they'll go cornerback that early. I don't think they will. 
Uh, I'd be quite surprised if they go cornerback, and I'll be I'll be questioning myself who it is. But like you know, going back to the whole betting of it is like I would hedge here. You know, I would put some money on offensive line, a good amount, and then throw a couple of bucks on the wide receiver side of it. You know, yeah, I wouldn't hate it either. I, I think um, I think if like a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. falls, he, he's a guy that I like a lot. Um, that yeah, me too. Can possibly pull trigger on, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't want them to draft a cornerback, but the value presents itself. You know, I can't. I can't play GM for the entire draft. Yeah, I agree. Me neither. But like, I mean, it would be crazy if we could. Yeah, that would be insane. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, the bets that I like is that like, you know, um, you know, obviously, you know, I am actually going to put a, a couple of dollars on a couple of bucks on um, the Bears taking a wide receiver and because like there's not much like left here uh except over unders here so i mean like you know if i look up here i really do like um elijah moore's under at under 39 and a half um yeah so he's a guy that's gonna come off i think pretty early pretty quickly yeah and um jeremiah owosu koromora um i'm gonna go the under on that maybe What's um, it is 36.5 I don't know about but, that. But 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 though, but it could easily go over because like only only a couple of teams that are picking at the top need linebacker needs. Then it starts to uh, settle off from there and then it starts to pick up at like 49, 50, 51. Yeah. So uh, you know, like that that could easily go over and and at last but not least, you know, um all the other ones are really just toss-ups. You know, I see this one a lot. And we talked about this guy earlier on the podcast too, Javante Williams. I think he's going to be the running back first to be drafted tonight. And it's going to be under 41 and a half minus 138. I think the Falcons are going to take him at what? Pick, pick yeah. 36, 37. I think that's where he's going to go. Yeah. So I like that. I like that play. Um, and then I like Elijah Morris play under 39 and a half. And I'm going to switch my um, karma, uh, Jeremiah Olsu Koromoa pick. Uh, to over 36 and a half. So I'll post yeah. those in a couple of, in, a, in, in like a half hour so people can lock those in. So those, I think those bets are pretty good. Yeah. Sounds good, my dude. Yeah. So guys, I mean, like we appreciate you for tuning into the draft lounge with our new co-host of this podcast, Jeremy Layton, like Jeremy, we appreciate you doing this, man. I, we rarely yeah. do. Um, also one last thing that we wanted to put out there. Um, we wanted to thank Jake Perry for helping us out. Um, our old co-host. Um, I know it's been two weeks, but like you know, Jake's been a lot um, involved with a lot of the fantasy football rankings and stuff. But like, we're glad, Jeremy, that you're taking his place. And you know, if if Jake could, um, you know, get his things in order, we could um, have him back on for some fantasy baseball and fantasy football talk. But guys, we'll talk to you later. Um, this is AJ. You can follow me on Twitter. AJ decide for you can follow my co-host, brand new co-host Jeremy Layton with the zero on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, guys. Thank <laughs> you.